The tour content from now through Lagwa Omer has been generously sponsored by Malki M. Thank you, Malki. June is less than a month away, which means that I'll soon be transitioning into summer writing mode with more Substack articles and fewer recorded shiurim. The bulk of these articles will remain free. However, if you would like to support my Torah and gain access to additional spicy written content, consider becoming a paid subscriber by going to rabbishneweis.substack.com and signing up today. Okay, question you said. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what does doping for someone who's sick do? Good question. All right. So uh, I have to mention that we have uh, talked about this in the past. Uh, and I have a, I think, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, I gave a new approach to um, uh, to davening for others uh, that uh, I'm not going to summarize here, but I encourage you to check out because it was, it was a new approach. Um, so what does davening for others do? So first of all, in terms of mm, the principles of Hashgacha, without explaining how Hashgacha works, but just in terms of like the principles that we, uh, that we have, um, just like, you know, relying on, you know, on like the Masora, um, the way it works is that uh, your tefillah can only address your own needs, right? So um, the reason why God listens to your tefillah about other people, and if you want to know what it means for God to listen to tefillah, listen to the nine part series that we did from February through uh, Pesach, um, uh, then for God to listen to your tefillah about other people, it's going to be based on the fact that they are part of your needs, right? That, that their well-being affects you, whether emotionally, practically, you know, uh, whatever. And so I, like the way I view that is like, there's like, there's you and your personal needs, and then there's your circle of needs, things outside of yourself that affect you. And in order for the tefillah to work, it has to be, it has to be about something that is in your circle of needs. Now, if you are on a very high level, you can be Ms. Paula for someone who you don't even know, you know, like uh, presumably to a tzaddik, then even the existence of like someone in Klai who's suffering is going to, is going to move them in a way that like they could be part of their needs. But for, for, for most of us, then it has to be someone who's like to some extent in, in, uh, in our circle of needs. So that's just like the, the first principle of how how it works. The other thing though, is just, I'm not, again, I'm not going to try. I refuse to boil down the last nine shirim on this to try to like make it into a simple thing. So I'm, I'm not even going to do that. I'm just going to say the nafkamina uh, in terms of this issue is that being this palel for refua for someone else should prompt you to do everything in your power to bring about that refua because you are an agent of Ratzon Hashem and all of the descriptions of Hashem are meant to be taken in a Vahalach de Bedrachav sense. So when we say Rofechol Basar Mafli Lasos or Rofechol Leamo Israel or Kolamachala Asher Santi Bimitran Losim Alacha Kiani Hashem Rofecha, all of those are supposed to prompt us to emulate the Maisei Hashem and to uh, to do what we can for Rafua. And we have to also remember it's Rafua's Hanefesh Virafua's Aguf and the Rafua's Hanefesh uh, is stated first. And if you listen to the very first Sheer, uh, Sunday Sheer I gave in, in Yeshiva on Rafa'inu, where we look at the source of the Psukim uh, in that we base Rafa'inu on, it's Yirmiyahu talking about psychological um, anguish. Uh, Rafa'inu Hashem comes from the passage of Rafa'inu Hashem Ve'erafe, I think. And, uh, and then the second one also is about Yirmiyahu himself. So there's a lot you can do. I mean, there's a lot physically that is not in your control, um, but uh, but there's a lot you can do to promote Rafua Sanefesh 
Um, and in many cases, refuse a goof as well. Like you can help out around, you know, whether through money or through around the house if it's someone who you're interacting with or whatever. So like all of this should prompt you by davening. I mean, you're, you're saying that it's in Hashem's hand, which is true. But when you say that, you're doing an actual hispalel, like reflexive self-judgment to see what is in Hashem's hands and what is in my hands. And then God's not going to respond to your tefillah if you don't actually uh, do anything, <laughs> you know, uh, like it's not, it's not magic. Um, so I, I think practically speaking, I think those, the, so the takeaways are, it has to be in, in the sense that this is part of your needs and you're turning to Hashem for that. It has to be recognizing what's in your control and what's not. And it has to be a, a, a call to action. You know, your tefillah should be a call to action. Yeah. Okay. And then there's other stuff that I mentioned in the other shirim, but I'm not going to summarize those. Yeah. yeah. Just about the, the, uh, psychological English. Um, yeah. I guess can you, can you can you just expand more on that because like that that's like um, novel to me. Okay. Okay. Let me just see if I can find if I knew. Uh, that is not the most common. Well, I forgot when I this was because this was before I was in. Let me pause this for one second here. Pause recording. Yeah, so we're not going to go through the whole sphere, but uh, <laughs> um, uh, I just want to see here. So, okay, so that's the translation. Okay, yeah. So, Rafa'inu Hashem v'nei Rafa'e hoshi'inu v'nei v'shea kisi hilasenu ata comes from Rafa'ini Hashem v'ei Rafa'e hoshi'ini v'i v'shea kisi hilasenu ata. So, Yumiya was saying this about himself. And then the second one was the other one that was relevant. The Ha'ale Rafua Shlema l'chol makosenu comes from ki a'ale arucha lach. I will bring up a cure for you. Umi makosayich er pa'ech. Um, so you look at that first thing with Inosham and Nerafe, and the, um, the shot in Tefillah is heal us and save us from our illness, right? But then if you look at the context in Yahu, he says, heal me Hashem and I will be healed, save me and I will be saved for you are my praise. And then he goes on and says, behold, they say to me, okay, these are the Kali who are like accusing him of being a, a false Navi. Uh, where's the word of Hashem? Let us see it come true. That's a taunt. I was not anxious to become a shepherd for you, and I did not desire a day of distressful prophecies. You know this. The words of my lips were directed to your presence. May you not cause me dismay, for you are my shelter on a day of harm. Let my pursuers be shamed, and let me not be shamed. Let them be dismayed, but let not me be dismayed. Bring upon them a day of harm and devastate them with a double disaster. So ostensibly, it has nothing to do with illness, right? I mean, the context has ostensibly nothing to do with illness. Um, and um, and Radak even says, heal me. Yumiahu requested healing from the wound and the pain. As he said earlier, why has my pain become everlasting and my wound acute? And this pain and wound, as we explained here, refers to his being degraded and cursed. Okay. Um, and then the second thing, oh, sorry. Uh, and then, yeah, and then that passage says, you know, Hashem, remember me, think of me and avenge me uh, uh, of my pursuers. In your patience with them, do not take my life. Know that I have borne disgrace for you. Okay, so he goes on. Okay, um, and then he, yeah, he says also that... Um, uh, with another type of joy, I do not rejoice, namely the bodily, meaning psychological joy, which I sit in their group. So he's, he's talking about feeling excluded. Um, oh, that was my depiction of Yirmiyahu, uh, that, that people think that he's like this uh, this uh, old, old, old man, but he was really like a young guy who was rejected by society, so like an emo kid. All right. Um, and uh, yeah, so the shot is Yirmiyahu is asking him to heal him and save him from the psychological suffering caused by social disgrace, social antagonism, and social isolation from his fellow Jews, who resented him for rebuking them. Okay, I'm going to just do one more quick overview, and then we'll, we'll try to put together an understanding. Shot in tefillah is completely healed from all sickness. Context. 
For thus said Hashem to the Jewish people, your injury is grave and your wound is cute. No doctor judges your wound to have a cure. Medications or remedy do not exist for you. All your loved ones have forgotten you. They do not inquire after you. This one's more relevant to actual illness. For I struck you the blow of an enemy with a cruel reproof because of your many sins, your transgressions that were so numerous. How can you cry out over your injury, over the pain that is grave, your pain that is grave? It is because of your many sins, your transgressions that were so numerous that I inflicted these upon you. Nevertheless, all who devoured you shall themselves be devoured. All who oppressed you will all go into captivity. Those who trampled you will be trampled and all who despoiled you, I shall deliver to become spoils. For I will bring up a cure for you. I will heal you from your wounds. The word of Hashem. For they called you discarded, saying she is Tia, no one cares about her. Um, and he says, so the Radak explains that this is talking about all your loved ones have forgotten you. Assyria and Egypt, whom you went to for help, they have forgotten you, like your allies. Um, and he says, and my father and master of blessed memory explained all of your loved ones has, have forgotten you. In relation to the metaphor of disease, saying it is normal human behavior for the loved ones of the sick person to come and visit him. But if they see that his illness is so severe that he's about to die, the bad people among his loved ones will give up hope and will neither visit him nor inquire after him. But you, all of your loved ones have forgotten you, both the bad and the good. Uh, and they were right to judge your illness as fatal since he dealt you the blow of an enemy sword. Um, yeah. And so the shot in the Sukkim is Hashem promises to heal and save B'nai Israel from the psychological suffering caused by social disgrace, social antagonism, and social isolation from their allies on account of the destruction caused by their own sins. So you have to listen to the rest of this year to figure out how we unify this into the rest of the Sukkim and make this actually about um, Rafua. But the context to be thinking about is it is this feeling of abandonment. You know, and there is this feeling when you are in any vulnerable position, but especially when you're sick and like you are outside of your normal social realm, there is a feeling of like a fear of being abandoned or a fear of being, you know, like discarded, you know, and anything you can do to like address that. And that amplifies the suffering. And I I believe what the rest of the shir was doing was saying how the, the it transitions into prompting chuva, I think, or something like that. But uh, I, I don't remember it. It was three years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I need to review it. This is making me realize I need to review it. Okay, good question, though. Thank yeah. You. Okay, next question. Yeah. I have a question. Yeah. Um, so Avraham Avinu has promised like a, a large legacy, like multitudes of children. Often, yeah. Uh, after he's dead. Right. What's what's the good in that? Is that a, why is that a good promise? Right. So that's a good question. Especially given Kohelas, so like like a yeah, means nothing. Right. So I, I'm not going to answer based on any particular of the Mafarshim. So this is just based on my own understanding. Is that um, the what Kohelas is talking about is a legacy as a kiyum in my ego. You know, like I want. Basically, I know I'm going to die, and I want so therefore i want a um uh like a part of myself to continue on so that i can fantasize i can partake of the fantasy pleasure while i'm still alive of like me living forever right and i think when, when we had those early kohelas here i think i gave the example of my uh my physics teacher in um in high school was a he did he, i th- believe he had a phd in art and also in like um what do you call when you make stuff for space Astro engineer, oh. something like that, I don't know. So he he helped design like a one of the, like I think the International Space Station or something like that. You know, so he told us I don't remember the context. He told us that his what he would his dream would would be to take a piece of his art that he made and launch it into space, so it would be out there forever. You know, that's pure ego because you're not going to be able to enjoy that. You know, so so in contrast, what Avraham wanted is Avraham recognized that that. Um, 
the Derech Hashem of Yichud Hashem and Chesed Tzedakah and Mishpat is an objective good. And that's what he devoted his whole life to. And it's and it is Ratzon Hashem that all human beings live in that way. And, and therefore Hashem promised him that this is not going to die with you. The good that you accomplished um, is going to continue and grow. And there will be, there, there will exist in the world like an entire nation that has those uh, those values, and so so it's not based on him, like valuing this because oh this is my accomplishment. It's that this is what my whole I gave my whole life for, and I I don't want this to die with me, and it's going to continue in the world. And I think the best example of this, uh, well I don't know the best, but like definitely a good example of this uh, is Moshe Rabbeinu in what appears to be a very um, uh, I'm gonna say appears to be a very immature uh, rant uh, in Bihalosicha. Um, when so Moshe Rabbeinu is very patient, right, throughout many of Klai Israel's tribulations, but then once they um, Yudal, thank you. Uh, yeah, that's after the 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 safer break. We quoted these pesukim. Uh, we quoted these pesukim. Uh, Yesterday, right? By Ibn Soharon or two days ago, right? Scattering of the enemies. Uh, I don't know. It was in Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because the Sefer Bamidbar gets bad after that, right? Um, so much so that Chazal say it's a new Sefer. Uh, there's a Shita that there's seven Sfarim of Hamash. Um, right. So, um, so this is when the, so several bad things happen, but then the main thing is they want meat, right? So then Moshe Rubino says what, again, seems very extreme, okay? So Moshe heard the people crying for their families, each man at the, at the gate of his, not gate, at the opening of his tent. Um, and Hashem's wrath flared exceedingly, and in the eyes of Moshe, it was bad. So Moshe says to Hashem, Why did you do evil to your servant? Okay, so he's seemingly blaming Hashem, okay? Why did I not find... Um, Favor in your eyes. Uh, oh, hold on. <laughs> okay, I, I emailed Rabbi Nevesky yesterday about something else, and uh, he emailed me back and he said, "See if you notice anything that changed in the text of Tanakh." I think what changed is I oh. think Aleph. Oh. I think they are now highlighting Shva Naz. That's great. I think that's bolded. Excellent. Okay. I'm going to tell him. All right. Good. Um, that's per- I, I've wanted this for so long. I mean, I didn't request this, but I've wanted this for so long. Okay. Cause I don't know the rules. I know it by intuition. Um, yeah. The word response that doesn't have it bolded. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, did I conceive of this entire people? Uh, did I give birth to them? Ki somar Eli such that you should tell me Sa'ihu Bechekafa. Oh, I'm not sharing the screen. <laughs> um now everyone can see the glory of the Nikudos. Um uh so did I give birth to this people or uh, such that you should say to me to bear them in your bosom? Uh Yisa Hayonek, like a, a nursemaid um carries the uh, nursling, the suck, the whatever the uh, the, the kid. Uh, where am I going to get all this meat to feed these people, uh, to give to these people uh, that they're crying about me saying, give us meat and we'll eat it. I cannot bear these people alone. They're too much for me. Now, 
here's, here's the part that I wanted to get to. V'im kacha at osali, if you're going to do this to me, hargini naharo, kill me. Okay? Im matasi beinach, if I found favor in your eyes. V'al ere barasi, don't let me see uh, my, uh, my, my state of, uh, of badness. Okay, so it sounds very extreme, right? Especially that last part where he, he says, he, he literally asked God to kill him, right? So I think it's Sforno, let's see. Come on, Sforno, don't let me down. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> ah, yeah. Hargini naharog, kill me, imatasi chen be'enacha. Kidei shetucha limnos acherim, so that you can appoint others. Sh'al yadam tihan hagas am shlema, who can lead the people in a better way. Kamosh am ruzal al shmuel, shemes kodem yamav, kidei shetamod malchus beis davin. Ve'al er ebrasi, and don't let me see my badness. In the deficiencies of leadership that came about on my uh, because of me, this would be worse to me than death. So, I mean, you have to learn through the whole sugya. But basically, Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, all I care about is B'nai Israel, and and evidently, I've done a bad job leading them. That's what his his theory is, and he's saying that I would re- and. and you know, it's not, why can't he just ask God to like appoint another leader and not kill him? Because then it's like, he was the leader and then like. Yeah, it's going to create like, uh, you're, no one can like govern the people while Moshe is still alive, you know. So he's basically saying, I'm willing to give up my life for the sake of Klai Israel, you know, to continue. And this is like, you know, um, the example in Umus Olam is Socrates saying, I'm willing to be put to death at the hands of, uh, of, of Athens uh, with an unjust din in order to preserve the system, you know? Um, and that's also the idea of Misa uh, al shame, you know? So it's like, so not about their ego, it's about the good that, that they want to exist in the world. Uh, and they're so attached to that that they're willing to even give up their, their lives, yeah. So would the same type of idea apply to um, like Yaakov who says he buried with his fathers? Because that also seems to be- you mean the location of the burial is that what you're asking yeah. about? So yeah, so the location of the burial is an interesting. Uh, that's a. I think that's a different consideration. Um, I don't know that well enough to be able to give a shot on that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Rabbi Fader gave a good explanation, but I can't remember if he did it in a shear or if it was at a Shabbos meal. Uh, so I can't reference you the specific thing. Um, but uh, um, it was in the context of explaining the idea of the of God making tunnels for the tzaddikim to walk through, to pop up in Eretz Yisrael. But then if you're not a tzaddik, you're going to roll through them and it's going to be painful. Um, and there he said, I mean, I remember the idea of, of that, which was that, um, or at least the, 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 the essence of the idea, which was that what's the idea of being buried in, buried in Eretz Yisrael. So while you are, Again, this is not about uh, Yaakov you know, specifically, but about for us, like why what, why should a person want to be buried in Eretz Israel? So I think it had something to do with the fact that like, you know, actually I'm not going to try to say it. <laughs> it's uh, it's too uh, too long ago. I don't want to block the idea. Sure. Yeah. Okay. You have any? Okay. Yeah, Isaac. Um, so what, um, is there something beneficial a person can make out of when there's like coincidences in, in what they're learning, where like multiple things are coinciding, yeah. Like, it happened. Like, the example that for me is, um, I happen to have been learning Mishnah Um, 
because um because that's not a, like a like a CM yeah. that someone trying to do so and it I, happened to be that Parsha's Tajri Masora uh, showed yeah, up yeah yeah and also I'm starting learning with with Harusa about the mitzvah to um for the for the Masora to um to be like to announce that, that you know that he that he is that he, that, you know that he's coming yeah um, and again also this week so like um so like is there is there any like um like um is there anything like way that you could like 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 use that somehow does that, does that make sense yeah you know i mean yes <laughs> that's, that's it uh so okay hold on just a second i have to make a monumental decision right now um yeah because i have a whole uh i don't think i've talked about this publicly I have a whole new theory about Hashgacha Pratis that's been building up for a very long time, uh, but it's not ready to give over publicly yet. Um, but I could give it over now and stop the recording. <laughs> yeah, Fine. let's do that. Yeah, I, 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 it's in the stage where I need to talk it out. Um, and I also don't want to record it because it could lend itself to misunderstanding that uh, would be bad. Uh, and so I want to be there to be able to talk about it. So sorry, guys, on the recording. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Schneeweiss. Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss, and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are matt-schneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnewas at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.